keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March the 29th, 2022, and today we're going to put a little prep in your step with Doug Berry from Battle Ready Strong, helping you to prepare for the difficulties we face. I mean, food shortages on the horizon, uh, inflation, natural disaster, or otherwise, what can we do as Catholics to help provide for our families and those whom the Lord has placed into our care and custody? That's coming up at 35 past the hour. My friend Mark Hount from the Kingsmen is going to be on at 15 past the hour to talk about the, the Will Smith incident. We, we joked a little bit about it yesterday, but we're going to dive into that. Maybe a little bit more coming up at 15 past the hour. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the news for sure. I mean, Biden unveils a $5.8 trillion budget proposal, tax hacks, to include unrealized gains, which means if your house is worth more and you haven't sold it yet, you still may owe the taxes on that. Maybe. But don't worry, Joe. Hmm. It's not going to affect you. Not it's, us. Not. it's only going to affect billionaires. The, the, the billionaire. That's you why know, they're hiring 87,000 new IRS employees, because there's that many billionaires? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Hey, <laughs> 15-year-old boy was killed by a stray bullet. You know, that reminds me, Rudy, of so many types of petty crimes and violent crimes that are they seemingly going off the rails these days. That's so true, especially in California. <laughs> well, New York, there's lots of video out of New York. This is out of Philly. I mean, we're seeing these stories. It's Is that a thing? We're going to have to get a guest on about that, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's pray for the repose of this 15-year-old boy today out of Philadelphia. So tragic. Uh, Kimberly Sunderman is one of our CDT insiders, and she's asking for prayers today for a special intention. Please keep her in your prayers today, too. But speaking of needing prayer, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to get prayers because I'm very needy. Are you? I'm very in need of them. <laughs> in spite all of the prayers. In spite of it all? <laughs> all the prayers in the whole world. <laughs> all the you know prayers. what today is? Today is a special day. Is it? It is. It is, in fact, you it's, day. This is true. It's no tie day. It is the two of you. It is my sister's <laughs> oh, yeah. birthday. Hey, happy hey, birthday. birthday to my older sister, Bethany. Uh, she turns, I think, 27 today. Don't quote me wow. on that. What? Uh, so 20, praise be to God. You have a 27-year-old sister? Yeah, yeah. So Wow. I'm 24, so she's 27. My uh, younger brother's 22. Praise so, be to go. God. 27. Uh, happy birthday, Bethany. And uh, I think we might be getting dinner together tonight. The family's going to go out to dinner. We'll That's see what fun. happens. Praise God. That'll be a good time. Hey, dear listener, if you're celebrating a birthday today, uh, happy birthday to you, too. And you know you guys can always send us those, and we'll be happy to mention those. Uh, so you can contact us through our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Speaking of which, uh, I want to thank Carla and the family and Susan Weber as well for taking today on the calendar for our Lenten prayer, fasting, and penance campaign. We're very grateful for you offering your your day today for our Lenten intentions, which, by the way, everything is linked up and explained on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, where you can get the podcast of our show. And we would be grateful if you would subscribe via like uh, iTunes or, or Spotify or Google Play. But when you do, uh, you have to do me the favor of leaving a five-star review. Now, I know what you're thinking. Joe, you're not worth it. Okay, that may be true. But let's put that to the side for a second. 
you can always give us a five-star review. And in the comments, you could just lash us. Just have at it, right? You know, cords <laughs> of whip and start whipping. I'm all right with that. But leave it five stars because that will help us to reach a new audience. Because the more five-star reviews that those uh, platforms have for our podcast, the more people they will show this content to. Complete strangers that you do not know, this side of the heavenly veil, will experience the Catholic Drive Time thanks to your podcast review. So please consider that today. You can find our podcast information on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. All right. Praise be to God. Going to be a great show. Like I said, Doug Barry's coming up at at 35, and my friend Mark Kalk at 15 past. All of that and a lot more coming your way this hour. Let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, March 29th, and these are your headlines. Can you believe it's almost, March is almost over. Daily Wire reports DeSantis signs parental notification bill, shrugs off, don't say gay, uproar. The governor promised Monday that parents have a fundamental role in the education, upbringing, and health care of their children, insisting that he will never cave to pressure from outside groups like Disney on this matter. The bill bans all classroom discussions of gender identity and sexual orientation for children. DeSantis added that most critics never read the bill and are merely sloganeering because they don't want to admit that they support a lot of the things he is providing protection against. And the Epic Times reports Democrats push tough on crime bills at state houses ahead of re-elections. Violent crime is an emergent top issue for voters in the lead-up to midterm elections. Some Democratic governors and state lawmakers are resorting to tough on crime legislation such as rolling back bail reforms and tougher gun-related sentencing. And Reuters reports Biden says budget targets, uh, budget targets Trump's fiscal mess that he came into, raises taxes on wealthy. Joe Biden on Monday submitted a $5.79 trillion budget plan to Congress that calls for record peacetime military spending and further aid for Ukraine while raising taxes for billionaires and companies, lowering government deficits. The tax would apply to 0.01% of American households, those worth over $100 million, with more than half of the new revenue coming from households worth more than $1 billion. It would also reduce the government deficit by $360 billion over the next decade. And Breitbart reports Biden inflation expected price hikes hit record high in Dallas. Uh, Fed survey. A survey released by the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas showed that the inflationary pressures in Texas ratcheted up even further in March. The index that tracks the prices charged for finished goods jumped 3.2 points to 47.8. The expectations for prices soared 13.8 points to 59.9, 59.2, excuse me. The highest record ever recorded in data going back to June of 2004. The previous record high was 57.8 in the summer of 2008. Do you remember what happened in 2008? Those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day, all right, I'm going to be honest, is a Welsh saint and uh, a ancient Welsh saint at that. So it's going to be a, a, a fun names, uh, Saint Day. Saint Gwynlowen. 
His deeds, he was born in 450. His deeds were celebrated by Welsh bards, indicating he had widespread popular following. Gwyn Lau was the son of King Glywys, and the kingdom was split uh, uh, at his father's death, and his, his kingdom was spread amongst his sons, of whom Gwyn, Gwyn Lau was the eldest and most powerful. He was overlord over the others. The saints' lives portray the king as an active and merciless warrior who attacked and raided nearby kingdoms. The life of St. Caddick described him as a very partial to thieves and used to instigate them somewhat often to robberies. But the life of St. Gwynlau insists that he was a just and fair ruler. Guadleys soon had a son in the famous St. Caddick, to celebrate his son's birth, Gwyn Lau went on another raid, stealing cattle from Carewent. And when St. Thaphius came courageously to demand the return of a cow, the king was so impressed that he decided in return to send his son Tathwa at Carewent to be educated. His daughter Macus, according to tradition, was killed by robbers who were stealing her finest ram. Tathan, to whom the murderers confessed their crime, built a church on the spot. Once grown, Caddick was deeply religious, and according to some sources, it was his example in preaching that persuaded his father to abandon his life of violence and to seek forgiveness for his sins. King Gwyn Lyle then had a dream in which an angel spoke to him, and he saw a vision of a white ox with a black spot on its high forehead. The king went forth, and when he saw the same ox as he did in his dream, he found a hermitage on what is now Stow Hill in Newport, south of Wells, which, is, which he built out of wood. The king said at the spot, There is no retreat in the world such as in this spot, which I am destined now to inhabit. Happy, therefore, in this place, happier than in is he who inhabits it. The king's decision to abandon his kingship and retire to religious life seems to have been a common thing amongst Welsh saints. And even his violent past was not unusual, being shared by St. Iltide amongst others. Gwad ladies accompanied the king into a hermit's life, and for a while they lived together on Stowhill, fasting, eating a vegetarian diet, and bathing in cold waters of the Usk to pr prove their piety. A miraculous fountain started on the hill when the king prayed for water. Later, they found further apart St. Guadalady's founding her own hermitage at Pincarn. When the king was dying, he was attended by both of his sons, Caddick and by St. Dupricius, who administered the last sacraments to him. The traditional date of his death is the 29th of March. It is the day dedicated to him. The year of his death is uncertain, suggesting around 505-23. Following his death, his hermit cell became an important shrine, and a church was built there. St. Gwynlyle, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. There was a feast of the Jews... And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem a sheep gate, a pool called, in Hebrew, Bethsaida, with five porticos. In these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. 
while I am on my way, someone else gets down there before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your mat, and walk. Immediately the man became well, took up his mat, and walked. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. He answered them, The man who made me well told me, Take up your mat and walk. They answered him, Who is the man who told you, Take it up and walk? The man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away since there was a crowd there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple area and said to him, Look, you are well. Do not sin any more, so that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went and told the Jews that, that Jesus was the one who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began to persecute Jesus because he did this on the Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom says, quote, Observe here the malice of the Pharisees. They were more hurt at the cure of the sick man than at the violation of the Sabbath. Therefore, they ask not who healed you, but as if they wished to keep it, keep it out of sight. Who told you to take up your bed? Close quote, St. Chrysostom. Yes, I mean, uh, let's let the facts put, be put to the side. Let's just focus on what we're really concerned about here, not the healing and the coming of the Messiah to heal us, to save us from our sin, but rather this inconvenient thing that seems to be a uh, troublesome to us. And uh, let's pray for, for those that would be like Pharisees today, to put facts and truth aside for their own agenda. St. Augustine would say, and this is a cool point. I love this point. I had never thought about this until this morning. St. Augustine points out this pond is called the sheep pond because there, there, there the priest washed the sacrifices for uh, offering in the temple. Think about that for a second. St. Augustine is giving us some brilliant insight here. The priests bring the sheeps down there as they're slaughtering them to wash them, which meant the water, if I've, I've butchered you know, many animals by this point in, in the hunting and providing and food for my family, and it's, a, it's kind of a messy situation. So there's a lot of that mess in the water. So literally these people were washing themselves in the blood of the sacrificial lamb. Let that sink in for a moment. This is a, a prototype, a foreshadowing, a hint of something greater to come. Our Lord at this very pool will one day wash us all in his blood. As St. John the Baptist would say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I find that utterly fascinating. More coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. Seventh-day Adventists use Ecclesiastes 9.10 to argue that souls in heaven aren't cognitively aware of our prayers because the inspired author says that souls don't have any knowledge in the afterlife. But this objection fails because the inspired author was operating with a limited and vague view of the afterlife without New Testament revelation. When we come to the New Testament, it's a whole new ballgame. Consider Revelation 5.8, where 24 presbyters, human souls, surround Jesus and offer him the prayers of Christians on earth in the form of incense. How could they do this if they weren't cognitively aware of all those prayers? So just because an Old Testament passage speaks of the afterlife in a way that's not compatible with the intercession of the saints, 
it doesn't follow that the Catholic doctrine is proven unbiblical. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back. Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Doug Berry from Battle Ready Strong is going to be our guest to put a little prep in your step, help you prepare. What can you do? What are some of the things you could be doing to help overcome some of the difficulties in our day? Food shortages on the horizon, high inflation, disasters, and more. All that coming up with Doug Berry at 35 past the hour. Uh, real quick, before we jump on to our, our conversation uh, in this segment, I want to thank uh, Sonia Morales for being a CDT insider and friend of the show. We're very grateful, Sonia, you're here today, and it's her 50th birthday. Happy birthday, Sonia. I'd sing to you, but that would be too much penance, even for the season of Lent, I would say. Two birthdays today. Two Praise birthdays. God. Praise be to God. Happy birthday, Sonia. Joining us right now by phone is my good friend Mark Houck from the Kingsman Apostle. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Joe. Good with you. Praise be to God. I'm glad you're here. Uh, the the big story yesterday, we joked about it a little bit on the show, was that the Will Smith incident at the Oscars. Let me ask you to start. Do you watch the Oscars? I, I haven't. I can't remember the last Oscars I've ever watched. It's been forever. I don't even have TV, so no, I don't watch. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We don't. We don't either. So I mean, we only see the headline news, and I. I that's it. I wonder what the rate. I think the ratings are very low. I think this year was the lowest ratings that they've ever had. Yeah. 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 So, so nobody watches it. There's some, so there's something to that, I would argue. But uh, uh, in general, let me just recap, Mark, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this situation. So the scenario sure. that that we're told by the headline news is that Chris Rock, the host, and I saw the video clip, obviously. Uh, Chris Rock, the ho- host, was up there doing what Chris Rock does, which is make jokes, you know, roasting the audience members and, uh, right. and roasted you know, Jada Pinkett Smith, his wife. And uh, at first they were laughing about it, clapping and laughing. And then a second or two later, Will's on the stage smacking Chris Rock. And then they go to commercial break. So there was that. <laughs> uh, the, it, it's very odd. I thought I would, that was what struck me about it. My first impression was there's a lot of oddities here. One, they, they laughed and joked about this and then he smacks him. And then Chris Rock immediately goes into joking again. Like, his immediate reaction is telling more jokes, (laughs) which was very interesting. But what were your thoughts on this story when you first learned about it, Mark Howe? Yeah, and that was uh, yesterday afternoon. I I watched it, and I watched the uncut, you know, version, which was pretty disturbing. Uh, I watched it multiple times, and I don't know, Will Smith's behavior obviously was uh, completely out of line. And then his continued behavior was even worse. Uh, as he, as he, uh, his profanities that he was sharing and and the things that that uh, he was was saying to to uh, Chris Rock, uh, I get it from a level of like a man kind of defending his his wife. Yeah. I, I understand the ethos behind 
the desire to protect your wife's heart. Uh, she seemed a little disappointed with the uh, the commentary, but she didn't seem like she, she was probably had this idea that it was in bad taste, which it was. Yes, it was. Rock truly knew that she suffers from alopecia. But that said, you are a celebrity. You're used to these things. You're sitting front row of the of the of the Oscars, the Academy Awards. You know, you're going to get roasted by you know the comedian that's up there. So, you know, I I just think I, I, I you know Will Smith lost it, and um, you know I I think it was I think he should have been stripped. I think he should have been escorted out of the building. I think he should be stripped of his Oscar. <laughs> you know, frankly, I, I think it was just the decorum was was horrific. Well, I know the Academy issued a, a now a second statement on the issue because they felt like the feedback was the first statement wasn't strong enough. So they, they made a second statement. It says the Academy does not condone violence of any form tonight. We are delighted to celebrate our 94th, uh, 94th Academy Awards winners who deserve this moment of recognition from their peers and movie lovers around the world. That was the first statement. The second statement says the Academy condemns the actions of Mr. Smith. At last night's show, we have officially started a formal review around the incident and will explore further action and consequences in accordance with our bylaws, standards, and conduct of conduct in California law. Well, you know, one thing that I want to that I was thinking about this morning as I was driving in one, the, I get, like I said, I think there was a lot of weird facts about this incident that uh, I don't know. It just the whole thing seemed weird. I mean, Chris Rock obviously took it like a champ, didn't even put up a defense and immediately yeah. starts joking. <laughs> I thought that, that was interesting. Denzel Washington tries to play mediator between the two. I thought I felt that was fascinating. But in general, if a man insulted my wife, I, I would have a duty to do something about that, to stand up and defend my wife. But like you said, and this is one of the points that I was thinking about this morning is this is a family who lives their life completely transparent to the public they have by their own admission live in a, a quote open unquote marriage where they are having affairs outside of the out of the marriage bond which is always immoral and and sinful they have children who are seemingly confused living in gender fluid situations i, I mean isn't this something that's been a long time brewing yeah, you know, it's hard for me to, to give commentary on that. But in light of those things, you know, you'd think that this was pretty benign when it comes to uh, any commentary about about their life. Now, I, I don't I don't know what it's like to to be in that spotlight. But I will say, yeah, I, I would say Chris Rock's uh, response was was pretty, um, pretty amazing. In fact, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, pretty, and very professional. Um like I said, I can I can re, re, uh, relate to the sentiment that's in the heart, perhaps, of Will Smith. But but that said, um, you know, I look assault's assault, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, you still got to pay the consequences for that, right? So I mean, yeah, if you're going to defend your wife's honor, that's fine. Um, but you got to you got to suffer the consequences. He sits back down and he enjoys the rest of the show as if right. nothing happened. Right. Now. Imagine if that was a white celebrity that went up yeah. and slapped a, a black commentator or comedian. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just think of the difference there. And I'm not trying to say black, white or anything. I'm just saying it's pretty incredible how our society has evolved to this point where we allow assault, which was a physical assault, and nothing happens. You know, so I don't know, Joe. Well, um, let's let's talk about it from this perspective then. It. Let's talk about it from this perspective then. So let's just say, okay, 
uh, Chris Rockus insults his wife. What what do you think a man should do uh, when his wife is being insulted in public? How should he act in that situation? Well, I, I think he should address it, and I think uh, you know he should uh, you know deal with the situation to, to restore his wife's honor. Now, in this situation, you have a comedian that's giving commentary that he's joking with everybody. So. Yeah. If you've ever been to stand up, you know that a comedian's everything's fair game essentially right. in the room. Yeah. So, yes, I agree. I probably would have said, you know, said something, you know, you don't know this situation. You know, my wife suffers from alopecia. I would want you to apologize. You know, I mean, I would I would go up to the person and say, you have no right. You have no awareness and you, you don't know what you've just done to her heart. So, again, I would have drawn. I thought Will Smith was going to go up and like whisper to him when I saw the replay. But that's not that's not how it went down. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, it used to be that. uh this sort of situation back in the day would result in a duel. And there was a reason why duels became outlawed throughout all kinds of different uh, different places. It's because it's such an extreme reaction to something that can easily be resolved with words, right? I mean, I like what you just said. You know, you have to restore the honor of your wife. That is the most important thing, not, not showing your force uh, to the person right. who is offending you. I know. What right. is this? What? What? What will this say to how many young people who look up to Will Smith and, and this type of behavior in public is going to become maybe more prevalent as a result? I thought it was already a bad situation that his family was being mocked publicly now for many years because mm-hmm. of their relationship situation. Uh, now, I think this will exacerbate—I can't even say the word. Exacerbate. I can't speak, I can't speak English today. <laughs> exacerbate. English is not my first language today. Yeah. Exacerbate this situation. Thank you, Rudy. Appreciate that. Uh, but I, I did find it interesting that Denzel Washington—you know, Denzel's on my bucket list, Mark. If, if I could talk to Denzel, I would surely love the opportunity. Uh, I find him a very interesting character, and he did, he did stand. I watched some video footage during the commercial break. He stood in between Chris Rock and Denzel— uh, to try to help alleviate that situation. Did you happen to see any of that footage? I didn't. And, you know, there you are. Blessed are the peacemakers. I mean, you know, he's obviously a Christian, and, and you know, he has he has a great reputation. I didn't. I'm glad to hear that, and I think that's what men do, right? I think men need to let the cooler heads prevail in that situation. But let's, let's uh, resolve this. You know, it, it, at that time, you're not going to resolve the conflict in light of a live show, but I I think that's wonderful that he did that. Yeah, for sure. I think also too many guys would avoid the conflict altogether, and maybe they wouldn't defend their wives. I mean, what would you say to a guy that might find themselves in that situation where uh, their wife's honor was attacked and and they should be at least saying something, right? Uh, What would you say to them? Yeah, like I said, I I can appreciate, you know, the response because I've been put in a similar situation, not with a comedian, but you have to respond. Otherwise, your wife uh, looks at you in, in some respects like you can't protect me. You cannot defend me. And and a husband, a, 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 you know, a man who has the the arm of, of his lady, his, his heart's desire, his bride, you know, he he needs to do that. So he has to respond while getting up and saying something might be important you know on sunday night um the response was obviously beyond what needed to be done but again at the heart the true ethos of the response is a good thing a man should say no this is wrong not on my watch how that's done can be done in many different ways 
Uh, Will Smith just chose the wrong one, I think. But, uh, but yes, I think a man has to, and I've done it, and I know my wife has appreciated it. And you have to decide at this point when that is done – how are you going to move forward with your life with your wife? It may mean uh, losing friends. It may mean, you know, uh, stepping uh, into something that you're not comfortable with. However, you must do it in a chivalric uh, way. You know what's interesting is I, I was saying yesterday on my airplane ride back from uh, Buffalo, I was watching King Richard, uh, the film he got the Oscar for. And in that movie, this is uh, he was portraying the father of Venus and Serena Williams, the tennis players. And in right. that movie, as he was trying to help them uh, you know, become champions in tennis, he had to face thugs in their ghetto neighborhood in Compton. And instead of fighting back against the thugs, he stood his ground in between his daughters and these thugs. And these thugs beat him repeatedly, and he just kept getting up in, and going after it again. He would never fight back, but he did stand his ground. So the contrast between that character that he portrayed in the film for which he earned the Oscar and his behavior at the Oscars seems like a great contrast to me. Yeah, and you know he even came out with a public statement uh, on behalf of his son, or his son did on his behalf, rather, saying that he doesn't condone violence. And uh, and I, I get it. I mean, look, Jesus says to turn the other cheek. Um, you know, that's a hard one for us to swallow as men sometimes. But here's a classic example of that. You could have put that into practice. And I think uh, Mr. Williams, I did not see the movie, but. Uh, Obviously understood that. I, I hopefully he's a Christian, which I think he might be in light of that. Uh, oh, he's in a Scientology, which is kind of unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> let's, let's pray for him anyway. Uh, but it does look like they did make up. Praise be to God for that. Uh, Mark Howe from the Kingsman, thekingsman.org. God bless you. God love you. Thanks for being on with us today. Hey, good, good to have you. Good to be on with you. God bless. All right, brother. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We have more breaking news and stories. Rudy Carlos and Doug Barry from Battle Ready Strong is going to be on to put a little prep in our step. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that the world associates fanaticism with religion? But G.K. Chesterton says that the strangest fanaticism that fills our time is the fanatical hatred of morality, especially of Christian morality. It is the irreligious who are fanatical in their hatred of religion. They hate religion because religion is the only basis for morality. They hate morality because it is clear. And they prefer things to be vague, vague to the point where they can call wrongs rights. But we cannot call something a right when it defies God's laws. We can only call it a sin because all rights come from God and God is not going to break his own laws. Neither should we. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. One American News reports Biden says moral outrage behind Putin comment, not U.S. policy change. 
Biden faced pressure to speak about the comment he made after it generated a flood of questions as to whether the United States had changed it to a policy seeking regime change in Moscow. He said, quote, I'm, I wasn't then, nor am I now articulating a policy change. I was expressing moral outrage that I felt, and I make no apologies, end quote. He told reporters at the White House. And the Epic Times reports, rising cost of ammunition hits firearms owners in the wallet. Demand keeps going up, and they can't get any supply. They can't get the raw materials, or nobody wants to work anymore to fill the jobs. On December 21, 2021, U.S. ammunition supplier Vista Outdoor announced price increase on many of its products due to rising material costs. As we continue to see supply chain constraints and increases in our raw materials, we are increasing our pricing to help offset those rising costs, Jason Vanderb Vanderbrink, president of Ammunition, said in a statement. And The Blaze reports, study finds more screen time for children linked to behavioral problems. The meta-study involved a review of results from about 160,000 children under the age of 12. For those children who were allowed more screen time, the study said they were 11% more likely to externalize behavioral problems like aggression or inattention. They were also 7% more likely to internalize problems like anxiety and depression. And the Washington Examiner reports 255,000 excess votes for Biden in six key 2020 states. The key point in the upcoming peer-reviewed study for the journal Public Choice by economist and noted gun expert John Lott Jr. is that the excess voting may challenge or ex explain Biden's margin of victory over former President Donald Trump in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. In a review of his statistical study he provided to Real Clear Politics, he says that Biden only carried these states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Nevada Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, by a total of 300,000 votes, excluding Michigan. The gap was 150,000. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. We're very, very grateful to you. Uh, once again, I want to thank our uh, our fasters today, Carla and the family, Susan Weber. We're so very grateful to you. Praise be to God for your generosity in praying, fasting, and doing penance today for our our intentions. God is so good. Doug Berry is going to be our guest here in just a minute from Battle Ready Strong. You know, we're seeing record inflation these days. Um, we're also seeing reports, even President Biden himself is saying that there's food shortages on the way. These sanctions, according to President Biden, wasn't to prevent Russia invading. At least that's, that's what he's saying now. He didn't say that before, but neither here nor there. They are going to impact us, and we're seeing that in rising costs for fertilizer for farmers, which also means we're also seeing a, a shortage in wheat, which means that feeds not only us, but it feeds our animals on farms, which also feeds us. So we're seeing across the board some very serious issues that could have a drastic impact on your life and my life. So we wanted to talk to, we were thinking, who do we know that's a prepper? Oh, Doug Berry, of course. Uh, Doug Berry, the uh, the Catholic prepper over BattleReadyStrong.com. Good morning to you, Doug. Joe, how you doing? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. Yeah, it is. That is good, yeah. Well, it's good to see you again. It's good to see Thanks you, Thanks for having too. me on. How you been, my friend? Yeah, doing real well. Yeah, it's been a lot happening, like you're saying. A lot's going on right now, and it's got a lot of people questioning, wow, what in the world do we do? Yeah, you know? amen. It's over Shaking $7 a gallon in Los Angeles right now. Yeah, I know. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, and it doesn't look like it's going to get a lot better a lot, uh, you know, very soon, you know, and uh, there's, there's all this talk coming at us left and right, 
you know, we see all the spiritual things happening as well. You know, what, what Pope Francis did on Friday and, and, you know, then you go back to the prophecies of the blessed mother, the church approved prophecies back to Fatima and, and other times where we've been hearing. Um, and I really want to emphasize that church approved part because we don't want to mislead or be misled, but, you know, we've got so many different reasons why we should be really looking seriously at what steps we take, not just spiritually, but on a practical, natural level to, uh, to be better prepared for what we see happening. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's something my family has been doing now for several, many years, actually, I would say, is, is you know, being being prudent about being prepared. And, and um, you know, I've taken efforts to where I can build things up, our food supply or other supplies and just have them ready. Because, I mean, I live in a state where hurricanes are a thing and these hurricanes have been, you know, multi-billion dollar devastating events for us. So beyond the, any war, rumors of wars, or natural disasters are a real thing. So let's start with that. So how what you have a you have a coalition, you have an entire group of uh, people that you work with all the time to help them with through these issues. What what recommendations do you make to your clients? Well, what we do, you know, and one of the things that we do operate with is, is uh, the, you mentioned the Battle Ready Coalition, which is an online training membership of people. You know, and I've been traveling and speaking for over 30 years, and one of the topics that I've been speaking a lot about is this, is being spiritually and physically prepared. Or as it's been stated, build your temporal arc and your spiritual arc. Be prepared on both levels there. Um, we break it down to five key areas, really to try to help categorize it and make it simple for people to process and, and actually start taking actionable steps. Um, we should all be thinking about this. Every day we all want food. Well, we want and need food, water, uh, medical care or aid, um, some sort of shelter protection, and defense. We want to be safe. That's really one of the number one things really is defense. You look right now in the Ukraine, for example, or any place where there's war, and while people are concerned about food and water, if someone's shooting at you or bombs are blowing up, that's really top of the list is safety. So you want that safety. You want that protection. Um, so you want some sort of defense there. So anyway, so water, food, Medical, shelter, and defense are the five key areas we like to focus on to really help people kind of put it in place. And then we back it up and say, well, how do I get started for, say, you know, 32, I'm sorry, 30, um, 72, 48, 72 hours, two to three days. And then I work towards, you know, two or three weeks. And then I work towards two or three months of food, water, uh, make sure I've got good medical uh, situation for me. And then I work towards, again, making sure my shelter is good for my initial shelter gets compromised. And you're right, you're down in Houston. Now I'm up in Tyler area now. Um, so I, you know, we've not, we don't experience, we wouldn't experience what you would down there. I remember when you had the hurricane down there and you were posting all over social media images of, of your area, the neighborhood, the flooding and all this sort of stuff. I mean, that kind of stuff is, is, is real. It happens. So you might have to be compromised in your shelter and have to move somewhere else. So you do have to address these five key areas, and then there's a number of things that fall underneath it. But that's a starting point, and that's where we like to help people get thinking the first at first right there. Doug, you know, I've been guilty of this before in the past. You know, when I think about prepping or, or, or getting together supplies or food and all that stuff, you, there's sort of a stigma for the prepper, right? The, the person, mm -hmm. they think that these people are just insane or they're just crazy. They're waiting for a disaster to happen that may not happen. What would you say to those people, uh, considering that we are coming up against food shortages, we're coming up against a lot of different things that may up, you know, cause a lot of uh, concern in our neighborhoods? Well, first of all, I would agree with you about the, the reputation that a, a so-called prepper gets. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you look at some, you know, videos out there floating around the internet and, and some of them do look a little freaky, you know, I just put them bluntly. <laughs> they really do come off that way. Uh, you know, they're, they're in, they're in an underground bunker somewhere up in the backwoods, you know, shooting a video, you know, and they're, you know, they're, they haven't, they don't look like they've showered in months, you know, or, or, or anything. It gives you this kind of strange sense that you look like you've there. had a shower recently though, Doug. So oh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty normal thing. You know, hygiene. Yeah. Praise in fact, we God. encourage hygiene as part of our, our program and encouraging people, Amen. spiritual hygiene and physical hygiene, uh, confession and a shower. But seriously, um, you know, you're right. We do get that, that strange, um, look out of people's eyes when you say, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I bought some extra food and some extra water, and I have a I have a trauma kit now in my house with a. It actually has a tourniquet and some some uh, Israeli pressure bandages, and you go through things like that, and they look at you kind of strange. Uh, but I would say I like to say when you go back, especially scripturally, and this is a key thing for Christians in general, they fall into this category of well, I'm just going to trust Jesus, and He's going to take care of it. But if you're in the middle of a hurricane or any natural disaster, wildfire, or you've got a civil unrest situation, BLM riots, or you've got a war type situation or talk of nuclear war, while we're trusting Jesus, most people who don't prepare but trust Jesus are trusting that Jesus will bring somebody to them who has prepared, who has taken steps in some way, whether it's law enforcement, military, FEMA, uh, you name it, or just a neighbor who's got some extra water because the water's been shut off, or you know, as Joe, you can attest to when a, when a hurricane hits, when a flood hits and the water treatment facility is uh, overrun and now the water is polluted and they tell you, you can't drink the water for a week. Well, what if you don't have any water stored up? Now you're looking for the prepper people. Yeah. I want to make a reference to scripture on this point too. One of the most famous stories in the Old Testament is Joseph and the dream that Pharaoh had and Joseph interprets it. And it's seven years. And I want the audience to think about this seven years of bountiful harvest, and then seven years of famine. During the seven years of bountiful harvest, Joseph went around the land and took a measure of food from everywhere. In other words, they spent seven years prepping for seven years of, of upcoming famine. That's pretty serious prepping. Not only did they wow. have to you know, get the food for the measurements of the food, they had to build facilities, I'm sure, to store the food and everything else that goes along with it. So I think when it comes to people who think that preppers, you know, we did get a bad rep because of, again, certain videos or certain attitudes that are out there. But the average person is thinking, look, it just makes sense. It's prudence. If you go back to yeah. the old days, um, you know, I grew up in the, in the Midwest in Nebraska. My grandparents, they had a cellar out in a small town in the middle mm. of Nebraska, and that cellar had potatoes and other things that were there for the sake of prepping. Hold that thought. Doug Berry is our guest. BattleReadyStrong.com is his website. We're talking about being prudent and preparing. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. We're going to get into things about uh, how to stock some food or maybe store up what kinds of food you might be able to do right now that might be able to help with that food shortage coming. All that and more is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
There's a lot of depth and interesting details in the story of the woman at the well. Jesus asks a Samaritan woman for a drink, while his disciples are off to buy food, and this request leads to a fascinating conversation. Jesus reveals to her that he has living water that will cause those who drink it to never thirst again. He also reveals that he knows the details of her personal relationships with several husbands, and even tells her, a non-Jew, that he is the Christ, the long-awaited Messiah. We are told that the woman leaves her water jar at the well and goes off to tell the people in town about him. It's as if she completely abandons her important mission for water. She abandons bodily comforts for more important things. And this echoes the apostles who left behind their fishing nets to go follow Jesus. What are we willing to abandon and leave behind to follow the Lord this Lent? This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Doug Berry is our guest. BattleReadyStrong.com is his website. Being ready spiritually, physically, mentally. Doug Berry is on our show. Good morning to you, Doug. Thanks again for being on with us. You Thank know, you, Joe. It is awesome to be with you, brother. Uh, I will, I'd never forget when uh, my family and I were being evacuated by boat from our house because of the flood of Hurricane Harvey. I had prepped. We had supplies. I had enough to carry us, no problem, with food and water. Uh, we were ready. But the water was, was rising and our shelter was compromised. And so uh, my, uh, my wife and kids, their anxiety level was so high that uh, we had little choice. And so we, we, called, we had a boat come in to the, to the house <laughs> and uh, take us out. <laughs> and as we were leaving, the neighbor across the street uh, didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go, didn't have supplies. And I had a great opportunity. I gave her the key to the house. I said, go upstairs, second floor, you'll be fine. Plenty of food and water. And then we left. <laughs> and then I heard years later from that woman who had moved and I had never, didn't know where she went. Years later, she, she, her boss was a guy at a conference that I was giving a talk at. And, and he, he told me how much that affected her, that a, hmm. a stranger would give the key and just provide for her. That's also, I think, one of the benefits to preppers is that we have the opportunity to care for our neighbor. We do. And you think about the corporal works of mercy. You know, feed the hungry, get drink the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, visit the imprisoned, care for the sick, bury the dead. You think about that, the key things there. When, you, when, when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, you know, when he comes in the glory of all the angels, sits on his throne, assembles all the nations, and separates the sheep and the goats, and those who fed and gave, you know, food and clothing and shelter to me when I needed it, you go to heaven, and when you didn't, you are going to hell. You're gonna, you're losing it all. Well, when? Well, when you did it to the least of my brothers, or didn't do it to the least of my brothers. It is a very critical, key part of our job as Christians to be ready to give food, water, clothing, shelter. You would think the average person might think that, especially in a crisis, like right now, my neighbors, I can go up and down my street, and everybody seems fine. Everybody looks like they're doing okay. They're out there walking the dog in the morning, you know, they're, they're riding around, you know, their bikes in the evening, everything looks good. But if there's a crisis, there's a different situation. I've got some extra food, water, and so forth. And like you said, Joe, to be able to hand that over to somebody is an example of what a Christian is supposed to be. And it's a great way to give witness and a tremendous way to help somebody in, in such need. 
I would say, and we one of our one of our statements we like to use, and and I, I want to mention an additional website that we have. It's connected to BattleReadyStrong.com. It's BRCoalition.com. BRCoalition, and they can get there through BattleReadyStrong.com. One of our mottos that we put all over this in, in on the website in our programs is hope is found with a plan of action when you're in the face of a crisis. And you think about this back to the Genesis 3.15 about the plan of action of the woman that will come, the crushing of the head of the serpent and so forth. That's a plan of action when the crisis of sin enters the world. Well, the plan of action when it comes to someone who's hungry, someone who's desperate, someone who's scared, someone who's, who's compromised shelter and needs some defense and protection and another, another place to stay, that, that plan of action is what Christians are supposed to provide. I mean, it, it's supposed to be in our DNA. So what you did there, Joe, was, was incredible. We had Snowmageddon last year, about a year or so ago here in, in uh, Texas and parts of, uh, of the South. And we had some extra food and water. So when water was shut off for several days and, and, and power was out, we were able to offer it to people, you know, help people out because we had some stored up. You know, whether you get a backup power, uh, backup powered uh, station, solar powered station, that's a great way to go. Uh, and then you can provide even a little bit of electricity. I have a couple, so I can offer a smaller one or, you know, to someone if they need it. There are all these different ways we can give people a plan of action, and that gives them hope. Let's talk about uh, what people can do right now, because I know uh, there's a lot of folks in this category. They're like, wow, uh, this is starting to get real. I mean, yeah. inflation is infecting, uh, affecting us right now. In fact, we saw a story last week was that uh, some of these food manufacturers were – we're trying to keep the price tag the same by reducing the quantity uh, mm. of the item. So it's a sneaky way to not show inflation. <laughs> but right. in fact, we are seeing prices rise. And I think the food shortage will be a, a very significant thing in conjunction with supply chain problems. So let's just say you don't have a lot of money. You, don't, you can't go out and buy you know, freeze-dried food that lasts 25 years, as I did 15 years ago. Uh, so what do you do? How, how can you start with this? Yeah, one of the simplest things we, we like to tell people, and we did, my wife and I, and still do, because money is always tight. Catholic ministry work, as you know, you know, you, you, you've <laughs> got to be what we like to refer to as you've got to be looking at strategic purchases. OK, so you got to be strategic in what you're putting your money into. Now, when you go to the grocery store and I just did this last night, you buy three or four extra cans of soup. You buy a couple extra packages of ramen noodles, if that's your thing. You buy a couple extra items every time you go. But then you put that in a place that is set apart. Now, I know others in the secular world are starting to say this more now, too. I've heard this on Glenn Beck, and even others are saying what other general preppers have been saying for a long time. Start with just a few items. Well, that's a lot. I can't spend $1,000. I know. I get that. I, I can't either. I can't just go drop a grand on something. So I'll buy an extra case of water. And I'll find a place where I can store it in my house that is not going to be extreme heat or extreme cold because you don't want the plastic to start leaching into the water and so forth. Try to get BPA-free plastic. You know, if you want to work on up to getting a, a six or seven-gallon jug of BPA-free plastic, which you can get these at, at some stores or online. Um, I know a priest out here in the Tyler Diocese. He's preparing like crazy because he wants to be ready for his parish, and he's doing it little bits at a time. So when you go to the grocery store, you get a little extra food. You put it in a separate place. That's my emergency food. I don't touch it until I have to. Now, the emergency might be, as you've been saying, Joe, when the prices start getting so outrageous or the shelves are so empty that we have to start tapping into some of this. But if you don't have it, it's going to be pretty hard on people. It's going to start creating a little more panic and a little more desperation. And the last thing we want is anxiety or panic to start dominating here. So I tell people, start small, 
If you're, if you're rough on money, start small, get a little bit each time you're there, start adding little bits of things, get a, get a, I like the idea of a solar backup power station because it's a little extra power. The first one I got was a 250 watt hmm. and it, it was about $250 is what it was about a watt, about a dollar a watt roughly. And then you find the right sale and then you find another one and you maybe work up to a thousand watt and that one can run your refrigerator and your deep freeze, you know, but you've got to start somewhere. And I just tell people don't panic, just get started with just a little bit each time. Yeah. Amen. We bought a, a solar generator, a thousand watt just before, I mean, maybe a month or two months before the big freeze in Texas that nearly decimated our electrical grid. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were fine. As a result, I also purchased a space heater, uh, an indoor outdoor rated uh, space heater because I take that stuff camping. I hunt with the family. And uh, so I use all that stuff all the time. But when our power has gone out now several times since owning it, mm. I, I no longer have any issues. The meat that I store in the freezer from my hunting trips is now preserved and, and fine because I can keep the power on. I can th uh, throw some lights on and heat the family. And right. all of that was because we made what you said strategic purchases. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, I think it's very critical that uh, people think this way, but I keep going back to that stigma. For some odd reason, people who prepare are just crazy people. They're conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I suppose, uh, as the saying has been out there now on social media, it's not a if, if you think it's a conspiracy, just wait six months or six <laughs> weeks. You know, so it, it, things are moving so fast right now. And I, I, I really want to want to remind people that, you know, even our Lord talks about, you know, looking at the signs of the times when he talks about, you know, the sky, when the sky looks a certain way, you know, this is coming. Well, yeah. when you see the geopolitical, you know, positions that are happening in the world and the shifting of these things and the constant talk of a possible power grid attack with a cyber, you know, attack of some sort, uh, there are many accounts of this, you know, and I hear this because I speak about this around the country, not as much as I'd like to. And the reason I say that is I'd like people to be more interested and want to have these conversations. But I do speak about it enough to hear from the crowd people saying, oh, I'm from Florida, for one example, just happened last fall. I'm from Florida. Someone hacked the power grid. I'm sorry, the water system mm -hmm. in our community. Yeah. And they 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 basically program more chemical to be shot into the drinking water than should be there well they caught it before it became lethal Praise but be the fact is they accomplished it so these things are happening quickly and it's it's really incumbent upon us to be wise enough as a priest friend of mine says god gave you ears to hear and he put a brain between those ears mm -hmm. to use so when you hear and see what's going on use your brain and step by step start putting things in place to be better prepared look i would say there's a woman on the other end of the ring on my finger here and that mm -hmm. woman is counting on me. It's not just me. It's my wife. Now, all my kids have moved out, but I've got grandkids. I've got friends, neighbors. I have responsibility to be ready for all of them. I love what you're saying, Doug. I, I mostly appreciate the, uh, the biblical analogies that you're bringing up for preparing, for getting everything together, right? Mm -hmm. we, we're kind of running out of time. I just was wondering, how much food should people just have just to start off? Two weeks or a month or what, what do you say? You know, it's hard. It's kind of like saying how much ammo should you have? Because the answer <laughs> is normally, well, as much as you can get. You know? um, and I'll make real quick reference to that. And I like what you, what you asked. Great question. Let me hit this real fast. Luke twenty two thirty six. For people who have a hard time understanding about our Lord and even being armed and prepared, Luke twenty two thirty six is where he tells his disciples when he's sending them out again 
to, if they don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Have a sword. Mm. He wants them to be armed because he knows it's a dangerous time where they're send, where he's sending them out and so forth. So our Lord does make reference even to being armed for legitimate self-defense, and people can look that up. Our program, we have a course called the Battle Ready Emergency Preparedness Course, BREP for short, and it's at brcoalition.com, and we talk about all of these items in the scriptural respect to them, so I'm glad you mentioned that. I would say how much? Um, it's always hard to know because there's too many what-ifs, quote-unquote, yeah. to actually address, but if you start with at least three days, work to three weeks worth, work to three months, it's kind of some benchmark goals, and then from there, if you can have like a rain collection system, so you've always got water coming in, or you have access to uh, to some sort of, well, again, you get a, if you've got the, the backup power solar generators, power, power station, excuse me, then you will always have some source of power. You can get to a place where you've always got some power, you've always got access to some water, and then hopefully if you're growing gardens, that's a great way to always have access Amen. to some food. Yeah. Start with three days, three weeks, three months, and move from there. We're out of time. BRCoalition.com, I believe it's your website, as well as BattleReadyStrong.com. Doug Berry, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, guys. God bless you all. All right. Praise be to Jesus. That's Doug Berry from BattleReadyStrong.com. Check him out online. That's going to do it for hour number one. We're so grateful you were here with us, hanging out with us today, listener. Please do us a favor. Hang out with us tomorrow again. Sean Carney from uh, 40 Days for Life is going to be on talk about some of these pro-life stories going on across the world. But if you're able to hang out with us in the next hour at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, we'd love to have you. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. When you hear the word humility, what do you think of? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Humility may mean deflecting praise or pretending something you've done is not as good as it is. For St. Benedict, real humility is an important virtue. He considers it to be the truth. Humility is an accurate appraisal of ourselves before God, before others, and before ourselves. We all have weaknesses. We need to know what they are and watch out for them. But they make us no less valuable in God's sight. We all have strengths, and we sometimes have a hard time admitting that. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. Admitting our talents and humility and developing them gives thanks to the God who gave them to us to be used for His glory and our neighbor's good. Donnie, what do we say when we make the sign of the cross? 
in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Did Mama teach you that? As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Good morning, Tuesday, March the 29th, 2022, and you are days away from April. I mean, it's it's flying by pretty fast now. I mean, I felt like it was, Ash Wednesday was just yesterday, and already we're staring down the barrel of, down the, barrel. of the Passion Week, praise be to God. <laughs> Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Yeah, you looking forward to Passion Week? Yes, actually I am. And you're right, it is coming up really fast. I think this is the fastest Lent I yeah. p- perceived to be fast. Amen to that. I'm looking for I'm still looking forward to Easter Sunday, the glory of the resurrection with 60 to 80 ounces of coffee. It's just wow. Phew. You're going to have a nervous breakdown. Am I? <laughs> it's going to hit you hard. Wow. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Praise be to God, in spite of it all. And especially because today is my older sister's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to my sister, Bethany. She's uh, 27 years old, and she is uh, my older sister, but she is, in fact, my little sister because she's very short. Uh-huh. Very, very short. <laughs> I so, wonder if we should interview her and ask her opinion of that. I think she has jurisdiction over you. I'm pretty Don't sure. Think so. Pretty Don't sure she so. does. <laughs> pretty sure she does. Well, praise be to God. Happy birthday. Sonia Morales, also one of our CDT insiders, we were saying happy birthday to her last hour. And uh, dear listener, if it's your day, if it's your birthday, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. We'd be happy to give you a little shout out. That'd be fun. Uh, speaking of shout outs, uh, Carla and family and Susan Weber, today is their day on the CDT Lenten 2022 campaign calendar to offer their prayer, fasting, and penance for the conversion of ardent sinners, people who teach blasphemy, people or teach heresy, rather, or proclaim blasphemy, also praying for peace in the world. You can find all of our intentions on our website for this campaign at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Praise be to God. You know, the the meetup in Buffalo got me inspired yesterday, and I'm thinking we might do a little tour with the CDT team. And dear listener, if that's something you're interested in, if you would like the CDT to uh, offer a meet and greet 
at the market, GRN market near you, let us know. Maybe we can arrange that. That would be fun. A little road trip for the Catholic Drive Time mm-hmm. team. Literally driving on the Catholic Drive Time. <laughs> That'd be fun. Literally driving on Lit- time. Yeah. Praise be to God. So let us know. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and let us know if you want to get a meet and greet going in your neck of the woods. We would love to know. All right. Last hour, uh, Doug Barry was on. We just finished a great conversation with Doug about prepping. I didn't get the chance to ask him about his opinion on gold and silver and land as a way to hedge inflation. Um, With prices being what they are these days on on land anyway, it's it's skyrocketing. So that's I'm not sure that's a viable option. Are gold and silver still? I don't I don't know. But what other options could there be out there? That's what I wanted to ask, but I didn't get a chance. But you can always find out more from Doug at brcoalition.com. And then, of course, Mark Houck was on last hour, and we talked about the Will Smith situation at the mm-hmm. Oscars. Uh, very, very interesting there. Praise be to God. So great, great content last hour. If you missed it, check out our podcast, which you can find linked up over at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We're going to pray. We're going to get started. We have good news. This hour, coming up with uh, with Rudy here in a minute, we have the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we have our game show, Fear and Trembling, and a pretty cool prize to give away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a, a wonderful prize. It's an antique enameled uh, Immaculate Heart medal. So if you want to play that, call... Well, you could call it seven. Let's see, what's the earliest, Joe? Seven. Oh, they, 10, and listen, if they know the number now, the number, they're welcome to call and yeah, sit on hold. Not, look, we're not going to stop you it's, from doing. I mean, that. the phone number is on our website. I list it on the website. So and the website is grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Just look for the fear and trembling link. You'll find all the rules and everything right there. You're welcome to call in early and sit on hold. That hedges your bet. It that's, hedges you that's true. against put the inflation little, of other callers taking your spot. Put a little prep in your step. And by the way, if you're interested in this topic, the Miraculous Medal, we did do a, a fascinating interview about it not too long ago, so check out our YouTube page for that. Amen. All right, we're going to pray, we're going to get started, and we're going to jump in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's your good news story for the day. Breitbart reports K-9 finds $10.5 million worth of cocaine during Las Vegas traffic stop. What a good boy. A canine named Nuggets, that's a Z at the end, Nuggets, took $10.5 million worth of cocaine off the Las Vegas streets during a traffic stop Friday morning, according to police. At around 2.30 a.m., detectives pulled over a semi-truck for erratic driving near St. Rose Parkway and I-15, the Las Vegas Metro Police Department said in a press release. The nervous driver had a story that didn't add up, the police noted. After Nuggets took a positive alert for drugs, authorities conducted a search and discovered 230 pounds of cocaine with an estimated street value of $10.5 million. The LVMPD arrested Nanak Singh, who was 29, and Chandra Prakesh, 31, and booked them for trafficking a controlled substance. Canines make invaluable make invaluable officers for their skills in apprehension detection and search and rescue efforts, the American Kennel Club says. 
Dogs are great at detection because of their strong sense of smell thanks to the 225 million scent receptors in their noses. For reference, there are 5 million scent receptors in a human's nose. The American Kennel Club says some of the most popular police dog breeds include Belgian Malinois, Malinois, I believe that's the way you say it, German Shepherds, Bloodhounds, Dutch Shepherds, and Labrador Retrievers. Training canines can cost anywhere from $12,000 to $15,000, and most of the animal's law enforcement careers do not exceed six years, police reported. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is a 5th century Welsh saint, so bear with me. Saint Gwynlau was born in 450. His deeds were celebrated by Welsh bards and indicating he had a widespread popular following. Gwynlau was a son of King Glywys, and the kingdom was split on his death among his sons, of whom Gwynlau was the eldest and most powerful, and he was overlord over the others. The saints' lives portray King Gwynlau as an active and merciless warrior who attacked and raided nearby kingdoms. The life of St. Caddick describes him as very partial to thieves and used to instigate them somewhat, often to robberies. But the life of the king insisted that he was a just and fair ruler. Gwadley's soon had a son, the famous St. Caddick, to celebrate his son's birth, the king went on another raid, stealing cattle from Caravant. When St. Thathias came courageously to demand the return of a cow, the king was so impressed he decided to return to re- decided in return to send his son to Tathwai at Caravant to be educated. His daughter Macus, according to tradition, was killed by robbers who were stealing her finest ram. Tathan, to whom the murderer confessed their crime, built a church on the spot. Once grown, Caddick was deeply religious, and according to some sources, it was his example and preaching that persuaded Gwynnal to abandon his life of violence to seek forgiveness for his sins. The king then had a dream in which an angel spoke to him, and he saw a vision of a white ox with a black spot on his forehead. The king went forth, and when he saw the same ox as in his dream, he founded a hermitage there on what is now Stow Hill in Newport, South Wales, which he built out of wood. Gwyn Lau said of the spot, There is no retreat in the world such as in this space, which I am destined now to inhabit. Happy, therefore, is this place, happier than is he who inhabits it. The king decided to abandon his kingship and retire to a a religious life, seems to have been a common theme among Welsh saints. Even his violent past was not unusual, being shared by St. Ited, amongst others. Gwad ladies com- accompanied Gwynnal into a hermit's life, and for a while they lived together on Stow Hill, fasting and eating a vegetarian diet, and bathing in the cold waters of the Usk to prove their piety. A miraculous fountain started on the hill where the king prayed for water. Later, they moved further apart, and the king founded his own hermitage in Pincarn. When the king was dying, he was attended by both his sons, Caddick, and by his saint, Dubricius, who administered the last sacraments to him. The traditional date of his death is the 29th of March and is the day dedicated to him. The year of his death is uncertain, being around 500 and 523. And following his death, his hermit cell became an important shrine and a church was built there. St. Gwynlau, pray 
for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem a sheep gate, a pool called in Hebrew Bethsaida, with five porticos. In these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am on my way, someone else gets down there before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your mat and walk. Immediately the man became well, took up his mat and walked. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. He answered them, The man who made me well told me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who told you, Take it up and walk? The man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away since there was a crowd there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple area and said to him, Look, you are well. Do not sin anymore, so that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went and told the Jews that Jesus was the one who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began to persecute Jesus because he did this on a Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Cyril of Jerusalem would say, quote, Jesus disappears into the crowd to teach us to shun worldly praise. Though we are inclined to boast of our accomplishments or at least be recognized for them, humility must turn us away from whatever acclaim might lead us to pride. Close quote, St. Cyril of Jerusalem. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a number of things. One thing is, uh, Cornelius Lapre says, you will ask why after the troubling of the water, as is in the Greek, only he who first stepped in after the troubling was healed. I answered that the literal reason was to show that this power of healing did not proceed from any natural virtue of the water, but from the moving of the angel and the command of God. This moving of the angel did not impress any physical power or quality upon the water to heal any disease, but it was a sign of the divine power and working, which were about to heal the sick person who had previously, by his own diligence, stirred up himself and had gone down into the water, that he might there receive the miraculous blessing of God. This moving, therefore, was an invitation to the sick to receive healing in the troubled water." This is very important. Why? Because we do not want to create a superstition. And this is essentially what Cornelius Lapide is talking about. Like I'm thinking of the water at Lourdes. Is the properties of the water itself healing or is it God who is healing? And the answer is clear, according to Cornelius Lapide, that it is always God who heals. He uses different means to work out the healing of someone. And the manner in which he does it is often corresponds with something symbolic like water, which symbolizes new birth. Now, this water 
does not have healing properties on its own. Because if it did, then every single time someone stepped in the water, or for example, to use Lord's, if every single time someone was uh, had a Lord's water, they would be healed of their illness. But that's not the case. Why is it? It's because the water is a symbol or is a tool that's used by God to work out his miracles. Of whatsoever disease, Cornelius Lapide says, from hence it is plain that the healing virtue of this pool did not proceed from the victims which were washed in it, nor from the wood lying at the bottom, of which the cross of Christ was afterwards made, as some have supposed, but was supernatural and miraculous. For God wished to bestow this benefit upon people believing about the time of Christ's coming, in order that Christ, thus healing a sick man, might show that he was God, who had given this property to the pool, and therefore that he, without it, could heal the sick. This is very important, and I think we'll have to leave it at that. So uh, maybe during the after show, we can carry on about the pool. All right. Praise be to God. It is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. We're going to go to a break, and we're going to be right back. Uh, that phone number, in case you wanted to call, is 877-757-9424. But I am super grateful for uh, verboom.com forward slash GRN for giving us the tools to connect all these commentaries together to dive deep into the Holy Gospel and provide that to you. So thank you, Verboom with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, verboom.com forward slash uh, GRN. We'll be right back, 877-757-9424. Don't go anywhere. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio, learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire success. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and share with no one what I'm about to share with you. Is that a deal? All right, number one, we like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before about your holy Catholic faith, and praise be to God for that. We like to have laugh, we like to have fun, and our callers are amazing. They laugh with us, and uh, they're just great sports. We, we appreciate that. And then, of course, number three, we give out prizes, which makes this pretty much a winner for everyone involved. But if you're new here, for your sake, I shall explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I do not ask the caller the question. They don't need to know any of these answers. They could not know a single one and still win the game because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect the caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Blessed Catholic, or Blessed Catholic. I believe it's Blessed Catholic. Amber, she is generously sponsoring her game show with an Our Lady of Lords blue enamel medal, and it's an antique. She's rescued it, and she's going to be offering that for us this week. At Blessed Catholic, you will find an impressive collection of antique and vintage Catholic medals, rosaries, and holy cards from around the world. Please check out her store and consider being a patron. Her store is Blessed Catholic. That's one word, Blessed Catholic on Etsy. Thank you very much. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you. Blessed Catholic on Etsy for your generous support of our game show today. We're very grateful. We had several calls come in. Praise be to Jesus. If you don't get on today, try back tomorrow. Uh, but Anne-Marie, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice from Germantown, Maryland. We're very grateful to have you back on the program. So before we jump into the game, how'd we do? Uh, you got some of them. Um, <laughs> I had, I, Mom had an uh, issue overnight, so I wasn't able to call in on Thursday. But Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. So just for everybody's sake, uh, Anne-Marie, during our share calls in a gift, a pledge, and that pledge corresponds to a Marian apparition, and and we have to uh, figure out what that is. It's a game that she plays with us during share and it's always a lot of fun to do, but it's always hard to do. Makes because, you sweat. Because we, we, the research time, there's like no research time. You kind, know, kind of so. like when Joe asked me a math question. Yes, but you nailed, <laughs> if, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. You nailed through through proxy and Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> so my agenda is not yours because I want everybody to know about all of the different apparitions of Our Lady because she's been here since day one. Amen. The praise be and to God. She is not leaving us. She will not leave. She we're, is there. We're not supposed to share our agendas, Anne Marie. Come on now. You know the deal. I want to my agenda. I want the world to know about Our Lady. Amen. Praise God. All right. You know the game. You know how this is played. Are you ready, Anne-Marie? I am ready. Are you ready, Joe? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure either. Let's do this nonetheless. We're going to start with Rudy, as is our custom, our tradition, our patrimony. Good morning, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. Are you ready? Yeah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Are you sure? 
I almost wasn't ready this morning. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Hey, are you sure? I, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. good. Praise God. Jokes aside, <laughs> I'm so ready. Rudy, can you tell me, what is the name of the stiff square stiff. cap having three or four prominences rising from the ridges to its top, worn by the clergy? Huh. Uh, hmm. Three, three or four. Yeah. I'm going to go with Triretta. A Triretta? A Triretta. Triretta. Yeah. Huh. Do we try that? I'm not sure. Let's <laughs> just get a second opinion here. Uh, hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Praise be to God. Can you tell me? Maybe. What's the, what is the name of the stiff square cap having ah. three or four prominences rising from the ridges of its top? Yes. Worn by the clergy? Mm. Yes, this is often worn by academics now as well. Really? They uh, kind of adopted the use of it or stole the use of it. Okay. And that would be a Beretta. A Beretta? A Byretta. Byretta. Well, like... it's, it's spelled Byretta. I've always pronounced it Beretta. It's Beretta. Is that made by the gun company? I was going to ask no, that question. No. Very no. different. Very, Very different. different. <laughs> okay, no It's a church militant, though, right? It's a hat. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Huh. Well, Anne Marie, you got choices. Is it as Rudy says, the Beretta, or as Rudy says, the Triretta? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? And Marie, what say you? The Triretta. Are, are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. It's over. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anne Marie. It was we, a tricky question. We goofed, yeah. I'm sorry. <sighs> Rudy, how do you live with yourself? I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't you know. know I don't know why it's called a, a Beretta. It's, it's a Beretta. But there's there's three ridges on on average. Isn't that weird? It, a Beretta. Who, I mean, really. Should have been. A, I'm sorry. It was Beretta's the correct answer. I have no idea. Why it's not called a Triretta <laughs> though, or a Quadretta. I don't yeah. think it's B I like by like two. Uh -huh. I think it's. I'm looking it up. Yeah. It, it said it comes. There's a in French. It's Barretta. Bar. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's referring to hmm. two. I have to find out the origins no. of that word. All I know is Beretta is not nearly as good as Glock. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. Anyway, moving on. We're going to get you in this. <laughs> the second one is the easy. No, second to Black easiest Reda. is coming up now. We're going to start with, with uh, Adrian. Adrian? Uh -oh. That's dangerous. Can you tell me? Uh, maybe. What does the priest use to dry, or some would say clean, the chalice during Mass? What does the priest use to dry the chalice during mass? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, yes. That would be his sleeve. He reaches over and he grabs his sleeve and he dries uh -huh. it up inside. Uh -huh. And uh, clearly, it's in the traditional mass, they would use the, the manipole that they would hang or? from his from his cloak. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. oh, I see. Okay. But now they just use his, the, use his sleeve. Since they got rid of the manipole, they just use his sleeve. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but trads would go full on manipole. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. To clean. The chalice. Right, exactly. Mm, okay. Let's get a second opinion. Uh, Brother Rudy, can you tell me, hmm. what does the priest use to dry the chalice during Holy Mass? Okay, so uh, after the ablutions have been completed. Gesundheit. Yeah, thank you. He uh, takes the purificator. Oh. Very okay. special mm -hmm. piece of cloth, purificator. Uh -huh. Boom, dries it out. Yeah. Okay. And there should be no particles left in there. Are you saying he is... Purifying, He's purifying the chalice, the chalice with the purificator. That's correct. Huh? Not the maniple. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think those are for tears. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. 
Anne-Marie, here's the deal. What is the cloth used to dry the chalice? Is it the purificator, as Brother Rudy seems to think? Or is it the maniple or the sleeve of the priest, as Brother Adrian seems to think? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne-Marie, what say you? Okay, Napoleon put buttons on the sleeves so they wouldn't wipe their nose on their sleeves. So, no, I think <laughs> you're going to go with a purificator. <laughs> That would be fun, huh? Praise be to God. <laughs> yeah, you're in. It's the purificator. Well done. Well played, Anne-Marie. All right. You're in for one. I know you're going to get this next one right. I don't know. This next one's really hard. Uh, Easily I, the hardest question we've ever had on Catholic Drive Time. It is hardly oh, the hardest question. You already gave me the hardest one. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this one is hardly the hardest one. It is easily the easiest one. And uh, we're going to go back to uh, Brother Rudy for it. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me, Our Lady of Fatima requested that we pray for the conversion of what country? It's a country we've always been at war with. That's really? East Asia. Oh, man. Yeah. East Asia. East Asia. Where is East Asia? In the east. Oh, I see. I see. East of Asia. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? Maybe. All right. Our Lady of Fatima requested... Uh-huh. That we pray for the conversion of a country. Of what country? That's the question. Okay. What country? Not humanity. Uh, okay. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't remember that. Let's see. Our, not our anxieties. No. Oh, I know. No. I know what it was. No. It was Russia. Was it? It was Russia. Mm-hmm. Was it Russia? It was Russia. Mm, are you sure? The conversion of that woman, Russia. Ah, I said that woman, <laughs> Okay. All right, Emery. Uh, Fifteen seconds on the clock. Is it Adrian with his Russia, or is it uh, Brother Rudy with his East Asia? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne Marie, what say you? Our Lady asks for a rosary every day, as well as to consecrate Russia. Ah. Survey says easy. <laughs> Nothing but batting practice <laughs> for Anne Marie, the <laughs> Marian apparition expert. Praise be to God, Anne-Marie. Thank you for your time today. It was a lot of fun playing the game with you. All right. I'm glad that I get to call you every now and then. Praise be to God. We're always glad to take your call. We're going to put you on hold, Anne-Marie. But that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Thank you for playing and hanging out with us and having a laugh or two. We always enjoy that. If you can, come back tomorrow. We have uh, Sean Carney, president of 40 Days for Life. In our first hour tomorrow, and of course, new opportunities for you to win prizes in our second. So join us, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But we'll be in the after show right now on social media. Join us. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Tuesday of the fourth week of Lent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers, 
and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Parche Domine, Parche Popolo Tuo, Neenetanum, Erascaris Nomis. Parche Domine, Parche Popolo Tuo, Neenetanum erascaris nobis. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty, Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. May the venerable exercises of holy devotion shape the hearts of your faithful, O Lord, to welcome worthily the Paschal mystery and proclaim the praises of your salvation. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. The angel brought me, Ezekiel, back to the entrance of the temple of the Lord, and I saw water flowing out from beneath the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the facade of the temple was toward the east. The water flowed down from the right side of the temple south of the altar. He led me outside by the north gate and around to the outer gate facing the east where I saw water trickling from the right side. Then when he had marked off, when he had walked off to the east with a measuring cord in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and had me wade through the water, which was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand and once more had me wade through the water, which was now knee deep. Again he measured off a thousand and had me wade the water was up to my waist. Once more he measured off a thousand, but there was now a river through which I could not wade, for the water had risen so high it had become a river 
that could not be crossed except by swimming. He asked me, Have you seen this, son of man? Then he brought me to the bank of the river where he had me sit. Along the bank of the river I saw very many trees on both sides. He said to me, This water flows into the eastern district down upon the Arabah, and empties into the sea, the salt waters, which it makes fresh. Wherever the river flows, every sort of living creature that can multiply shall live, and there shall be abundant fish. For wherever this water comes, the sea shall be made fresh. Along both banks of the river, fruit trees of every kind shall grow. Their leaves shall not fade, nor their fruit fail. Every month they shall bear fresh fruit, for they shall be watered by the flow from the sanctuary. Their fruit shall serve for food and their leaves for medicine. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord of hosts is with me. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. The Lord of hosts is with me. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in distress. Therefore, we fear not, though the earth be shaken, and mountains plunge into the depths of the sea. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. There is a stream whose runlets gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. God is in its midst, it shall not be disturbed. God will help it at the break of dawn. The Lord of hosts is with us, and our stronghold is the God of Jacob. The Lord of hosts is with us, our stronghold is the God of Jacob. Come, behold the deeds of the Lord, the astounding things he has wrought on earth. The Lord, the Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. A clean heart creed for me, O God, Give me back the joy of your salvation. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem at the Sheep Gate a pool called in Hebrew Bethesda, with five porticos. In these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled. One man was there who had been ill for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am on my way, someone else gets down there before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your mat, and walk. Immediately the man became well, took up his mat, and walked. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. 
He answered them, The man who made me well told me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who told you, Take it up and walk? The man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away since there was a crowd there. After this Jesus found him in the temple area and said to him, Look, you are well. Do not sin any more, so that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went and told the Jews that Jesus was the one who had made him well. Therefore the Jews began to persecute Jesus, because he did this on a Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This morning's first reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel provides for us a beautiful prophetic vision of water flowing from the temple, which gradually kind of keeps building and building until it flows out into the sea and absolutely everything it touches, it renews, refreshes, reinvigorates, and whatever comes into contact with it is full of blossom and bloom. It really is a prophetic vision that is looking forward to what Jesus himself is going to accomplish on the cross. And there, as in the vision, there is a kind of a small trickle that begins coming out of the temple, eventually turning into a stream, and then a river, and then flowing out into the ocean. In a way, we can see a very similar thing happen with Jesus and the church. Jesus himself, of course, tells us in Scripture that he is the temple that will be torn down and rebuilt in three days. And when we think of Jesus on the cross and his side being pierced and blood and water flowing forth from his side at his crucifixion, that is oftentimes said to be the conception of the church, of course, with Pentecost being the birth of the church. And in many ways, or not in many ways, but in fact, when Jesus' side is pierced and the blood and water pour forth from his side, that really is the image then of this living water that is going to be flowing from the temple, but now it's flowing from the side of Jesus, and everywhere the church is able to grow from the 2,000 years from Jesus' crucifixion and from Pentecost until today, that image is meant to be valid, that it is an extension of the ministry of Jesus Christ which everywhere it flows, everywhere the church grows to, that people are able to access in order to be healed, in order to be refreshed, and to be reinvigorated. Of course, in today's gospel, we hear yet again, in particular during this fourth week of Lent, different healing stories of Jesus. Which again is a sign that Jesus is the great healer. He is the Savior who has come to restore us to the fullness of health. And the church is really Jesus' instrument through which he is ordinarily able to continue touching people with his grace and with his life today. And so as Jesus healed, so too the church is given the power to heal through the sacraments that have been granted to it by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I think we sometimes, it can be easy to focus on some of the human elements of the church, which of course is natural because it's made up of people like you and me, and we human beings sometimes like to point and look at the faults that we have and to think of the weaknesses that we have, and sometimes, unfortunately, it can even sully a little bit our view of the institution of who the church is. But today's readings really remind us that the church, as the living body of Christ, 
really is this place from which the blood and water that flowed f forth from the crucifixion of Jesus that it continues to pour out and touch and restore and refresh everywhere that the church reaches today that those are really the arms of Jesus that continue to stretch out to heal to refresh and to renew and so my brothers and sisters as we go forward today let us ask God for the grace that we too would come to bathe in the healing waters of Jesus Christ that we are able to access through the sacrament of the church. Let us ask for the grace that we would always esteem the church as the sacrament of salvation given to us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And let us pray in a special way in this, in this season of Lent for the, for the grace of healing of body and soul and most importantly that we would be healed from anything that spiritually ails us or leads us towards sin. Amen. We should pour forth prayers at all times, dear brothers and sisters. But above all, in these days of Lent, we ought to watch more intently with Christ and direct our petitions more fervently to God. For the whole Christian people, that in this sacred time they may be more abundantly nourished by every word that comes from the mouth of God, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the whole world, that in lasting tranquility and peace, our days may truly become the acceptable time of grace and salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For sinners and the neglectful, that in this time of reconciliation they may return to Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves, that God may at last stir up in our hearts a version for our sins. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, we pray, O Lord, that your people may turn to you with all their heart, so that whatever they dare to ask in fitting prayer, they may receive by your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. Change my heart, O oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God, may I be like you. Change my heart, O oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God, May I be like you. Change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God. May I be like you. Change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God, may I be like you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. We offer to you, O Lord, these gifts which you yourself have bestowed. May they attest to your care as creator, for this, our mortal life, and affect in us the healing that brings us immortality through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For by your gracious gift each year, your faithful await the sacred Paschal Feast with the joy of minds made pure. So that more eagerly intent on prayer and on the works of charity and participating in the mysteries by which they have been reborn, they may be led to the fullness of grace that you bestow on your sons and daughters. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabbat, Plenty Suncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts praise, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. 
Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater Noster, Qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomentum, adveniat renum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed liberanus amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress. As we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Peace, peace. On you stay, qui tolis miserere Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. 
Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. of spiritual communion my Jesus I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally come at least spiritually into my heart I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you never permit me to be separated from you amen The King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the verdant pastures grow with food celestial feedeth. Perverse and foolish oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. Let us pray. Purify our minds, O Lord, we pray, and renew them with this heavenly sacrament, that we may find help for our bodies now and likewise in times to come, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. Grant, O merciful God, that your people may remain always devoted to you and may constantly receive from your kindness whatever is for their good, through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vitae Cedo, Et Spes Nostra Salve, A Te Clamamus, Exodus Filii Hefe, Arte Suspiramus, Gemantes et Flantes, In hoc lacrimarum vale, Eha ergo, Advocata Nostra, Ilus Tuus, 
The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Production of Ave 